Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering and Josh Hartley. And and Tom is impressed because I got it right. You did. Time. I'm, I'm well impressed. I think that's the first time you've got it like smooth off the bat since Ben left. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I think I've been doing all right. I mean, you've been doing all right. <laughs> well, oh, okay. Right. Passable. Acceptable. Mid range. <sighs> Why are you like this? Like, just not even mind. a minute into the recording. I know. It's like I've got it. You yeah. had it easy because we had Ryan on last time, and you know it was all polite and gentry. I know it was gentry wonderful. Gentry, that's not the right word. Gentlemanly, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. You know. It was... Why can't we be like that, Tom? It's just. It's not what we're in for, mate. It's not you. Mm. You brought me on. You signed up for this. I did not. <laughs> this wasn't on me. This is this is. I, I take no responsibility for this. How as we, we're recording this on Bank Holiday Monday. So uh, how has your uh, how how has things been? Things have been all right. Yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a slow weekend. Uh, I've been I mentioned to you before the recording. I was a bit under the weather. Yeah, uh, a bit of bit of man flu, as uh, detractors will say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've just been I've been uh, taking it easy for a few days, which is it's nice having the benefit of a bank holiday Monday to do that because you obviously you wouldn't get that benefit outside of that. You, it's kind of a shame, right? Because you're like on the plus side, yeah, I've got a three day weekend to just like chill and recover mm. and rest, and I don't have the stress of like you know phoning in sick or anything like that. And then on the flip side of it, I'm like. I spent my three-day work weekend doing nothing. <laughs> you know, it was, it wasn't productive in the slightest. Um, I say that though. I have, I've prepped uh, an RPG uh, for tomorrow mm-hmm. night, so that's done. So that was productive. Uh, I've watched a lot of stuff on TV because I've been in bed for a large chunk. Okay. Of and a lot of YouTube. Uh, okay. And I have played some computer games as well. So, although it's maybe not productive. In, in the conventional sense, I have chewed through some material in my, my own way. Um, do you ever like, I don't, I don't know if you do this, I was talking to a friend of mine who does it as well. Do you ever get really angry when you're at home and you have no way of like getting that anger out of your system so you clean? Like, do you ever angry clean? I, it, no, I have heard of this though, so, so I'm not going to like... I'm not going to sit here and like do a bit where I make you feel like a weirdo for doing that because I know that is a thing. Yeah, so I I was quite frustrated like by like Sunday kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, having not not felt great, and I felt kind of well enough to get up and I was in the the living room. Uh, and for for people who've never been to my flat, which I imagine is a lot of my listen our listeners, otherwise that'd be crazy. I would like to think it's the majority uh, of our listeners, but. Uh, <laughs> I and my kitchen and my living room are, are one room kind of thing. There's a mm-hmm. sort of a breakfast bar that partitions them, but uh, I basically went in and the kitchen was a bit of a mess because I just kind of had food and chucked dishes aside and that because I've not been up to cleaning and that. 
and I was like, everything needs to be cleaned, and <laughs> just like scrubbed down every surface and like mopped to the floor, and that I was knackered. Like I spent about mm-hmm. an hour doing it, and after it, I was like, that was a terrible decision. Like I had just ex- expended what did, last energy. I did had. it get? Did it get the anger out of your system at least? It did. It did. It was okay. a nice, nice frustration vent. So yeah, if you're if you're like me. Uh, and you like a good angry clean uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy that there we go how about you uh, Josh, how are you? yeah grand, uh, it was my father's uh, 60th birthday recently so we spent the weekend celebrating that so we went to, uh, as a family we went out for a meal which was the first time the whole family has been out for a meal in a restaurant since before like the Covid times so uh, that was really nice uh, we've got my, my nephew and my niece were there as well uh, and they're on their very best behaviour which is good because uh, they ke- my nephew Gabe can kick off big style <laughs> so they, we, we dodged anything like that um, and then yeah I had uh, a little get together with some of my friends down here on the Sunday which was nice kind of uh, just celebrating getting an offer accepted for this house and uh just hanging out and using making the most of a bank holiday weekend and this is me just back so uh it's been it's been pretty full but uh, a very nice pleasant weekend all around um i did do a little bit of gaming i played uh, my dad at scrabble for the first time in feels like forever there we go um, i've been wondering when this was going to reappear right who, who won i did by a lot or like was it close 40 points. Was a you 40 won point. by 40 points. Yeah, I That's won by 40 points. Yeah, it's it's not like a it's not like a massive victory, but it's a victory nonetheless. So I was pretty pleased with that. Um, that's that's the only gaming that I have been doing since we recorded last. <laughs> to be fair, so but uh, I thought it was worth mentioning. We have got some news to have a chat about, so let us dive right into that. Let's kind of start with um, the first one that uh, got announced over the weekend. So Tabletop Scotland, um, who we have previously been media partners for, have uh, announced the uh, one that they are definitely going to be back next year. Uh, two, that the dates that they are going to be back are going to be the 27th and 28th of August 2022. And three, they have confirmed that the venue is going to be the same, the Dewar's Centre in Perth. So uh, that is effectively the English Bank Holiday weekend in August 2022 is when um, Tabletop Scotland will return. And uh, I'm pretty confident in saying we're, we're planning on being there, aren't we, Tom? We are, yeah. Is that, that would be basically this weekend then, wouldn't it? Yes, in, so it's in a year's, year's time. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. Or a week past for people listening to this on uh, release day yeah um oh that's good though that's really good yeah we will we will be there um god willing um mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to it uh, it's been it's been a while i think that will probably be my first convention back because i don't think i'll probably be going to uk games expo next okay. year um so i suspect that's probably going to be my I'll, I'll never say never but i mm. think that will probably be my my first one back which will be interesting yeah, I um, I'm almost certainly going to go to UK Games Expo next year, unless COVID is just disastrous. But um, I, I'm 
this conventions too much. I I, I want to get I want to get back to it. So yeah, we've had some uh, we had some good times at conventions. I mean, you've done more than than I have. Mm. Um, I think I've done two, maybe three, three. Um, but we've had a good time at the ones we've done before. And I mean, Tabletop Scotland's a, a highlight for me. It's probably my favourite one because UK Games Expo is great, um, but it's it's very big. And I think it feels a little impersonal because of that. You, you know, you can't have a massive convention and not have it feel a little mm. impersonal. But uh, the thing I really enjoyed about Tabletop Scotland is there were a lot of familiar faces. And, oh yeah. You know, it was it was nice having a few more people that you recognised, and being close to home didn't hurt as well. You know, the avoiding the massive commute uh, that we had to to get to UK Games Expo as opposed to like fifty minutes on a train to. Uh, so it does make a bit of a difference, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, as always, guys, watch this space as uh, more announcements are made about Tabletop Scotland. We will be reporting on them, so uh, we'll, we'll bring you that news as quickly and as swiftly as possible. Um, we've got uh, another announcement here. This is from Steamforged Games. Uh, Steamforged are taking pre-orders for Resident Evil 3, the board game. Um, I, I say this not because either of us are particularly excited about it, but like, I, I do love a good opportunity to dunk on Steamforged games. So, <laughs> thought, thought it is as good as any. So, <laughs> you filled the you filled the vacuum a bit too quickly there because what I was hoping you were going to do is introduce it and then sort of leave it open and we could just put like you know crickets chirping. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn you were, oh, you were uh, too quick man too, I too will keen. remember that bit for next time though. The, probably the uh, only time I'll describe you being too keen in regards to Steamforge games mm, yeah we're not fans uh, I'm particularly like kind of um, it's not just Steamforge that are doing this by the way but I'm seeing like a lot of like video game adaptations mm-hmm. f- into tabletop games and it just kind of feels like for the sake of doing it like I don't I don't I, I, I can't think of a single video game where I've been playing and I've, I've thought, oh, God, I wish someone would bring out a board game or a card game of this. Yeah. Have, have you? Am I, am I insane? or No, I, not really. Like, as a, as a kid, when I was a bit maybe less informed, and, and especially when games weren't as deep as they are now, mm. I, I certainly thought about, wouldn't it be cool to have, you know, a Sonic board game, a Mario board game, you know, those kinds of things as board games back then would have been really novel but mm-hmm. nowadays and I don't miss I don't mean to besmirch board games because we love them but a lot of board games can't really match up to the potential of a, a contemporary computer game so you well they're very different they, beasts, yeah they're different mediums, right um, and and there are some stories and some experiences that you can only get in a board game and vice versa you can only get them in a computer game, so some of them don't translate all that well, or mm. it's just it's just an IP like stamped over a generic game, which is what we find more often than not. It's either a generic game or a crap game, and <laughs> the thing is, like, or hold on, or both, or both. Yeah, I don't want to dislike Steamforge Games. They're a, they're a British company. They're they're not mm. that far from where I was raised. I would love to like them. I would love to support them. I would love to be in their corner. But they've released some amount of crap and they've not even released it well. And and that makes it very hard 
to root for them. <laughs> you know, like I, I would love to be like, Steam Forge are doing this and we're really excited about it and you know, we know it's gonna be good, they've got a proven track record. But they don't. <laughs> No. And and that's that's what hurts, you know. It's there are, there are companies I would much rather take my support from and give it to to a company that we you know was closer to home and that I had a bit of personal investment in. Mm-hmm. But those companies are doing good stuff that you know I I want to praise and I want to support. You know, you look at companies like Fantasy Flight Games or uh, even like smaller studios that we've we've done stuff with in the past or, or smaller creators. You know, where it's a, a one or two man band. Yeah. Um, they release better content mm-hmm. than than a company, you know, than a, than an actual studio. Now I don't know how big Steamforge games are, but they're big enough that you know they they should be releasing better quality stuff. And just these computer game IP like clones is is the closest I can kind of draw a comparison to. Occasionally, you might get a nice model in there just by luck. Like some of the the Dark Souls stuff is is all right. It looks quite nice, but the game's not great. Well, I, I, I actually wasn't keen on the Dark Souls miniatures, and I'll tell you why. It's they're basically just the same three D designs as what are in the video games, which I get. You know, you want the aesthetically, you want it to look like the video game. Otherwise, is there really much of a point? Mm. But you know, if you're designing like a three D model for a video game, that's going to be very different to designing a miniature to be used on a tabletop. So. Mm. They've got all these little bits of detail that it gets a little lost. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not keen on the the whole thing at all. Just no. let video games be video games. Let board games be board games. Apart from doing like digital adaptations of board games, which you know is literally just this is the board game, but we've got it on Steam now. I'm I all right we, with that. We've discussed this before, and I I do think you can do good stuff with IPs like mm. you know it's it's not that no IP ever translates well to a, to a board game but video games are, are they're a weird one now because they're becoming more of a multimedia IP so they are becoming sort of um, films and, and TV shows and you know card games and board games they're, they're not just isolated to the one medium Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but you do find that in a lot of instances, probably more than than not, they don't translate very well outside of that medium. You know, I mean, there's there's the the cliche joke about video game films sucking, and and they predominantly have sucked. There's been a couple in recent memory that have been passable. Uh, yeah. Even the odd half decent one, but it's taken a very long time to get there. We are, of course, talking about the masterpiece that is Street Fighter, the film. I was talking about Super Mario Brothers, but yes, we can. Uh, <laughs> that works too. Uh, or Mortal Kombat, uh, mm-hmm. which is not great. Uh, there's, there's so many. I mean, the list goes on. Um, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination. I heard the recent Mortal Kombat film was actually okay. I've not seen it, but that's what I heard. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's not resounding like, praise. Great, it? yay! Yeah. It's average. <laughs> I guess not how you sell someone on something, you know. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want to try this thing? It's okay. I mean, I guess if I've got absolutely nothing else, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll accept the possible. Uh, 
I actually have. I I didn't mention this to you before the episode, and I wasn't trying to spring this on you, but I do have a couple of bits of of minor news. Um, okay. That are Let's personal, but one of them relates to something we discussed on last week's episode. Oh. So right. I mentioned on last week's episode I was going to try out Warhammer Plus. So you did. Well. <laughs> no. Well. <laughs> because I sat down this morning and I went. I've got some time on my hands. I've I've promised Josh my loyal and trusted co-presenter that I'm going to check out Warhammer Plus. So I'm going to log into Warhammer Plus and I'm going to subscribe and I'm going to have a look through it. Mm-hmm. And I went on to Warhammer Plus and I tried to subscribe and I've done it over the course of the day and every time I've got an error 404 message. And I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Okay. So I, I do some Google searches. It's not just me. Oh no! Was so, it too many people are trying to get subscribed to it at once? Is that why it's coming up with the error? Don't know, but it's. I mean, this was at like nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, on a on a Monday morning, mm-hmm. that you know I couldn't get onto it. How how many people are trying to subscribe to Warmer Plus at, at nine a.m. on a Monday? Uh, and I've I've been on it sort of over the course of the day trying to get on. There have been people who have got on because I've seen people's mm-hmm. comments about it. So this clearly isn't you know it's not working at all but there's clearly something that's causing issues if i can't mm-hmm. get onto it and other people can't get onto it so in regards to my review of warhammer plus at the moment it's not great mm. uh but we will see i will persevere uh and i will try and get onto it of course it is very out of character for games workshop to mess up the digital launch of something I I don't actually know their track record. Have they got a bad track record with digital launches? I mean, I I, I can tell you the Warhammer 40k app sucks. Well, like, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That did not get uh, rave reviews, did it? Mm-hmm. Was it you uh, I was playing with that and like my gene sealers just had a unit that wasn't even on it? No, no, but I remember you telling me about this. So, yeah, yeah. It's so annoying. Like the, the codex is on there and I'm trying to add my, my, my army on and it's like this unit just isn't there. It's just—it's in the codex. Did you did you make a unit up, Tom? Did I what? Like, did you make it up? The, the unit? No, it, no, it does was it legit. exist in the actual codex? Yeah. I'm, no, just, it, are you sure? Just like a gene stealer mounted on a toilet roll or something. I I, I had it in my head like gene stealer cavalry. Wait, I'm not. I don't hate that idea. I'm not gonna. No, lie. no, I don't either. Um, but but they don't exist. Um, so it wasn't that. It wasn't that. No, it was the quad bike. It was the Gene Stiller quad bike. Isn't an option. Oh yeah. Oh weird. In the in the biker list. Um, the other bit of news I have as well is on Saturday, uh, whilst I was uh, laying in my bed feeling sorry for myself, uh, mm. I got a delivery, uh, and it was a delivery of Marvel Champions. Uh, hey. It was the new box set. So I got the. Uh, Mad Titan's Shadow, which is the mm-hmm. new expansion uh, with Thanos, uh, and it's actually got a lot of Thor-centric stuff in it, which I hadn't realised. Uh, so it's got like Loki right. as a villain. Uh, it's got the Warriors Three uh, and a few other bits that are, are kind of Asgardian related. So mm-hmm. that was cool. So I did that kind of poked my my side up a little bit because I sat in bed and had to read through the decks that were in there. Um, so now I've got to go and order some some deck protectors for that. But I'd actually forgot I'd ordered it. 
I'd, I'd ordered it a few weeks, if not months back. So that was a nice surprise. I, I actually love it when that happens. Because yeah. it's like, oh, oh, I, I, I completely forgot about this. Oh, this is a nice present for myself. Little gift from past me to future me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's always a good place to be. So yeah, that's my two bits of uh, of news that I'd forgot to mention. Cool. No worries. No, uh, good, good. Um, I actually speak when you mentioned deck protectors. It's the most mundane uh, announcement for me. But Tom, the great work is finally complete. <laughs> I've finally finished sleeving all of my damn Magic the Gathering cards in these same sleeves. I, I like how you call it the great work. Like it's on par with like the pyramids. <laughs> you know, it's one of the one of the wonders of the world. And on the pedestal, he read, "My name is Josh Hartley." He, view these work. Uh, I missed <laughs> <of> the quote. <laughs> don't you, laugh. You make don't. it so easy. I don't, <laughs> don't even need laugh. to mock you anymore. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna do the Ozymandias, uh, "Behold my works, he mighty in despair" thing. Um, <laughs> it's it. It, it's, it was a satisfying moment, though, getting yeah. it all done. So that's that's been nice. And I've been able to put a couple of... Um, I've got a, a deck put together, and uh, I'll build a couple of more. I'm going to be playing Commander um, on Wednesday, so I'll need to get some decks sorted out for that. Um, that's that's it. I don't have anything else to report on that front. So, so how, how long... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw this bit of content out. How long <laughs> did it take you to do oh, all that? I don't know. I started. It took me most of the month, I think. Not that like it's it's not like the only thing I've been doing in my downtime, obviously. But it's usually like if I have a free evening, I'll pop something on YouTube and I'll just get sleeving away. How many hours would you if you were just ballpark guessing? Let's go with four or five. That's not too bad. That's that's yeah. fairly decent to be fair. I thought it was going to be I more have than... used almost all two thousand sleeves. So crazy. It is. It, there, there is a lot. That's including like my basic lands, though. But still, it's. Quite I was a bit. thinking about this the other day because I, I've got a few new decks of magic, so I've had to kind mm. of uh, dig into the vault and pull out some old deck protectors and things. So like for all my card games, legendary champions, things like that, I use just. Uh, you know, transparent uh, ultra. Yeah, penny sleeves. Yeah, um, but for magic and that, I'll use. I'll tend to use color ones. Usually, the coordinates, mm-hmm. the colors in the deck, in some format. So I was making a deck, and I was like pulling out some some of these deck protectors to sleeve it up. And I was thinking, like, as I was doing, it, I was like, I wonder how many deck protectors I actually own, like across all the things that I've got sleeved, because it must be thousands. Yeah, you know, and there's thousands and thousands of little pieces of plastic that you've put little pieces of card inside of. It's, it's, it's maddening to think about. Yeah, um, our hobby's ridiculous. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I've made peace with it. <laughs> most, most hobbies are ridiculous if you like break them down to their, mm-hmm. their core components. You know, it's like people who are disparaging about football. It's like it's a bunch of men kicking a ball around a pitch, or you know, like fishing. You're, you're sitting on a bench. Or a little seat, like putting little worms on, on mm. a tiny piece of metal and throwing it into the water. Uh, you know, they're they're crooks. Most hobbies are a bit ridiculous, so it's a lot. Oh yeah. Anyway, uh, we do have a, another bit of news, and I wanted to get your take on this, Tom. So 
I'm gonna just read verbatim the, this announcement, okay. and uh, we'll we'll get your reaction. So, uh, Renegade Game Studios is introducing an RPG system called Essence Twenty. Now, um, to put this into context, they are that they are doing some of the licensed games that are coming out for Power Rangers, GI Joe, and Transformers. Um, I'm just going to read this out. So, behind the scenes of Renegade's upcoming Power Rangers, G.I. Joe and Transformers role-playing games lies a brand new system, Essence 20. Read on to learn a little about this new system and tune in to Renegade Con Virtual Special Edition this weekend to see it in action in the new games and learn more about it from the creative team. So first off, as you may suspect from the name, Essence 20 is a D20 based system. The core mechanic for resolving a roll is for the player to roll a D20 along with their skill die, ranging from a D2 to a D20. The result of the D20 and the skill die must exceed the difficulty of the test in order to succeed. Characters with a specialization in the skill being tested get to roll their skill die and all dice below it and pick the highest result to add to their d20 roll, increasing their odds of success. What's more, a max value roll on any die is a critical success, leading to more chances for crits and more opportunities for great role playing incorporating them. Uh, character creation follows a three-pronged approach based on their origin, role and influence. Characters' abilities and skills are based on the four S's, strength, speed, smarts and social. These options give an amazing depth and breadth to the variety of characters that a player can create. The character backgrounds, character flaw system and story point system uh, lend themselves to a cinematic and cooperative role-playing experience that is a great fit for the settings like Power Rangers, G.I. Joe and Transformers. And that's basically it. So, what were your thoughts based on that? It's not great. Yeah, <laughs> I can use the crickets for that section. Yeah. There we go. Um. So. Right. So, I have a couple of issues with it. Okay. You don't need to use the D twenty. Like, developers need to get away from this. Like. Just because D and D uses it, you don't have to have a D twenty in. Like this essence D twenty is just another way of saying it's a D twenty system, be it like like Modifius do like they have the two D twenty system and D and D obviously have the D twenty system. Like just if you're gonna do it, just call it a D twenty system. Like don't give mm -hmm. it a fancy name and try and make it like you've created the re reinvented the wheel because you haven't. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I knew this is how you would react to it. It's it's unnecessary. The other thing is the dice adding to the D20 is... It can be so trivial and it becomes a little bit redundant because, like, adding a D2... Like, what is that? Do you flip a coin? Like, what what is... The D2 does not exist. You could get, like, a six-sided dice and have three yeah, sets I, in I, one and three well, sets I, I, imag I imagine that's what they've done. But, you, but I, uh, Hang on. I'm not finished. <laughs> Wow. But if you have a system where if one of those dice rolls its highest value, it's a critical, that means a D2 has a 50% chance of being a critical success. Yeah, that uh, that's the point I was going to make. It's kind of like, that's a that's weird. 
it's, it's weird. really weird because you're. I would assume a D two would be something you would assign to a low stat, right? It, mm-hmm. it would be like a something you don't have a lot of skill in. So how are you criticaling on it so easily if you're garbage at it? Now maybe maybe we're just jumping the gun here and maybe lower dice don't have the benefit of this to to mitigate that. The other thing is as well. I'll finish on this so that you have a chance to speak. Is you've you you're making a generic system and then just bolting things onto it. And I'm sorry, but while this might be appropriate for like maybe Power Rangers and Transformers, it's maybe then not appropriate for GI Joe or vice versa. You know, it might fit one or two, but then it's not. You 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 get your world and you get your idea of what that what you're gonna embody with that system. Then you build the system to to mm-hmm. make to to flesh those out and make it work. You don't have a system and then try and squeeze whatever you've got into that hole. You know, it's like the, the kid with the box with the holes in the top trying to put the the square peg through the triangle. Like it just doesn't it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And and while you could say, well, you know, GI Joe and and Power Rangers and Transformers all include vehicles and all include people. They do, but in very different ways, in in what they actually serve. Well, this was kind of yeah. You you you've you've pretty much hit all of the beats that I was gonna hit. Um, the, the my uh, like the, the system for me is neither here nor there. I agree with you. It's like well, just just make it a D twenty system like Dungeons and Dragons if you're gonna do that. Yeah. Like um, we don't need this uh, extra faff on there. But, like, my thinking was, right, right, okay, so Transformers has a very unique thing to it in that all of... I am assuming you play as a Transformer, otherwise, God, that's going to be a lame game if you're just playing the humans in the Transformers universe. Yeah, right? like you, you but, get to play as Shia LaBeouf, that's... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> that's your gaming experience, right? Can Actually, you imagine handing out the pre-gens? Like, you'll yeah. be uh, Optimus Prime, you'll be Bumblebee, and you'll be... W- wiki whatever his name is uh his character yeah there you go like <laughs> yeah the so, table like what and, yeah and that that, that play is just like i'm sorry what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> like um but yeah so so assuming that everyone is playing as a transformer they have a pretty unique thing to them in that they transform mm-hmm. right and I suppose maybe to an extent you could do it in power ranges you can have like the then like out of costume and then transforming into the Power Rangers, I guess, mm-hmm. as a little bit. GI Joe doesn't do that. No, they're they're just all they're just always on. Yeah. Like, but then they have vehicles as well, so they would have like tanks and planes and things. Mm-hmm. So, but you need each of those have slight differences. Like they all have a a humanoid element and a vehicle yeah. element or a mech element, if you will. Yeah, and and I'm not saying it's beyond the realms of possibility that they would have a s- similar system potentially might sit behind them, but mm-hmm. they should be individual systems. At the very least, I I wouldn't release them with the premise of all being one system encompassing, unless, and I would respect them if they did this, but I guarantee they won't. You said you can interchange the systems, so you can have. Power Rangers and Transformers together, or GI Joe and Transformers together. I mean, that would be pretty dope. That would but, be kind of cool. That's kind yeah. of passable. But uh, I bet they don't do that. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you, sir. Um, 
Here's an interesting observation. What do those three properties have in common? The Hasbro properties? Bang on. Why didn't Hasbro give this to Wizards? That's they have, within, within their own company, a, a, a subdivision that just, like, uh, uh, like writes like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Like the a most famous role-playing for... game in the world. Right? Yeah, like, for, for most people starting off designing a role-playing game, that's going to be their most common starting point, right? Mm-hmm. Why did they not give this to Wizards? What do you think? Well, um, wizards probably have too much. Yeah, this is it. It's yeah. It, it the answer is money. It's just trying to figure out is it is is it that it was gonna was it just cheaper to license this out or or was that more lucrative than doing it in house? I I don't know. I don't Do you know, know what I think it might be? And this is this is maybe the the prominent cynic in me. I wonder if they don't have enough confidence in it to have it stamped by wizards. But if it was stamped by wizards, then you, then it would just be better, like and uh, like okay, right? We, we should we should hold our horses here. This game has not been released yet. None of these systems have the system. Sorry, this one system to rule all of these settings. Um, <laughs> the Hasbro system. <laughs> yeah, the this new this this system. The um, I've forgotten its name now because essence it's pretty, it? essence twenty right essence twenty has not been released. We haven't played it. We are just basically going off this brief distri- description that I've read off there. So for all we know, we'll have a crack at it and would actually really enjoy it. Um, that being said, it, it doesn't sound wonderful. Um, I would have had more confidence if they'd been a bit more creative off the bat with the system. So, mm. you know, do some... You don't necessarily need to, to do something completely different. But I, I think there is... There's, being a bit creative, playing it safe, and going just off the reservation, right? And mm. you've got to find somewhere that's sort of a middle ground between playing it safe and, and going off the reservation. This is this is a little too close to to playing it safe for me. Mm-hmm. Where, if anything, I wish they'd just gone all in and played it completely safe and just taken the D20 system, which can't have been that difficult for them given it's a Hasbro property and then mm-hmm. put the system put the IPs onto it and and done it that way alternatively because then you're you're not really putting your faith in the system you're putting your faith in the IP which is ultimately what you probably want to do with with this particular launch anyway right? yeah right like it, all three of those have some pretty devout fans mm-hmm. that would definitely which you know in that old Venn diagram the crossover of like Transformers fans and D and D fans probably has a fairly significant, like it's certainly a non-zero overlap, right? Yeah, exactly, and I mean, it, you could go much more creative, and you could put a lot more stock in the system, and go, you know, closer to to being off the reservation and, and a bit more creative with it. But then, obviously, you're you're rolling the no pun intended. You're rolling the dice. On whether or not that system, hey, that's getting an air on. Whether or not that that system lands, whether or not that system is actually successful or not, mm-hmm. and and then the whole thing, you know, it becomes a house of cards situation because if the system underneath it is too out there and doesn't hold together, the IP is not going to matter if it's garbage. Yeah. So I think they've they've in in a weird way they've not played it safe enough, or. They've they've just not been creative enough. They've they've gone 
in a weird area that I wouldn't have gone in, where it's just it's just a bit meh. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of my feelings about it. It's just a bit meh. Like I would have been quite interested in a Power Rangers RPG, probably not to play. Like I'm I'm a 36 year old man. I'm probably past playing Power Rangers. Uh, only probably. I'm not saying no. <laughs> right. um, and I would have been interested to read it though and have a look and see, you know, what they've done, mm-hmm. how did it work. Same for Transformers, and I've I've never been into GI Joe. It's just it's not my thing. Well, GI Joe didn't really translate over to UK no. audiences anyway, so that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, I think the question that I and I assume most of our listeners have on our minds now is that, Tom, in the playground, which Power Ranger were you? Um, I was the Green Ranger. You were the Green Ranger? Yeah. Wow, you were the, you're, you're the one that people couldn't trust. Interesting. That's not my takeaway from that. <laughs> uh, but, but yes, I suppose I was. Uh, or the White Ranger when he. So the the thing is, right, when you were playing Power Rangers in in the playground, it's very very tricky. Was playing Power Rangers in the playground because, and we're talking about the original Power Rangers here, right? Not the weird Hyper Force or whatever they're called now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you would play Power Rangers, you'd obviously play on the, on the ground, and you'd be like, hi yeah, you know, people doing the karate and stuff. But mm-hmm. then you'd, you'd sometimes, and, and we, it's certainly in my games of Power Rangers as a kid, we would get the Zords at some point in the game. Oh, um, wow, okay. So you had this, it became sort of a pecking order of the people that were higher up in the, the social status of the group would always pick the bipedal Power Rangers first so that you didn't have to get on all fours for the Zord parts. <laughs> So, right, hold on. Just remind me though, what was uh, what was Green Ranger's Zorg? It was a dragon sword. Oh, nice. So it was the it had the flute, uh, which I can still remember the theme tune for, which is insane. Uh, so he had the flute. Tom, what? Let's hear it. It was do 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 do. There you go. Beautiful. Uh, I had that as my. I'm private. gonna I'm gonna open every episode now with that jingle. <laughs> <laughs> So he had um, he had the, the the dragon sword, and then the red Power Ranger was the leader. So he had the uh, T Rex, T Rex, Tyrannosaurus, uh, as it was announced. And then you had the Triceratops, the Mastodon, <laughs> the Pterodactyl, and the Saber Tooth Tiger. So you had like mm-hmm. the Pterodactyl was quite an easy one because it was you just put your arms in the air and pl- play in it right but I, no one ever wanted to be that because that was the pink ranger and you very rarely got girls in your your power rangers game weirdly enough yeah um so yeah i remember like it became a bit of a a, a sort of thing about who would be the green and the red ranger because you had the the bipedal zords but then when the green ranger became the white ranger i <laughs> This is this is the kind of person I was even as a kid, and I was a lot shyer as a kid and a lot more withdrawn. But I would not play the Zord element once it became the White Ranger. I still <laughs> wanted to be the White Ranger, but I wasn't getting on all fours. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm, I'm picturing like six year old Tom just crossing his uh, crossing his arms. He's going, "Well, I'm just not doing that." Yeah, like I, you, you can you can you guys can just go. It was very take one. This is. <laughs> Tom, we've played like this for a year. Nope, not anymore. New rules. Oh man, nice, 
Nice. I, I loved Power Rangers. I, I absolutely adored it when I was a kid. And I it was humongous when we were kids. Oh, so big, so big. Like, like, do you remember, like, there was, like, you had almost, like, the satanic panic because there were kids, like, in allegedly injuring each other because they were playing Power Rangers and stuff. Mm. And they were trying to do these moves on each other. And it, it did happen, you know, unequivocally there were there were cases of it, but I don't think it was probably any more than kids injure each other in general. It just became more prolific because it was time yeah. to, to Yeah, like people, people had something to blame on. And yeah. really, like, how much damage can a roundhouse kick from a five-year-old do? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, so... See, it was massive, and, like, it was, like, the toys were massive. You know, mm. they were selling, like, hotcakes. The, the show was massive. Like, you'd rush home to watch it and that. Uh, I, I, I loved it. I remember I, I really wanted... The, the Tiger Zord when the, the White Ranger came out and it was quite they were quite expensive I think they were mm. about 30 quid back then which was a, a hell of a lot a lot of money at yeah. that point in time uh, god I sound so old when I say that um, and my mum was like I'm not giving you money for that it's too much mm-hmm. but my mum always had a thing that if I wanted new toys and it wasn't my birthday or I hadn't you know saved up for it I had to get that money um, not by like shoplifting <laughs> you got to get creative son um, yeah. to, to clarify Tom did not break the law to earn that money no uh, well right. arguably so uh, what I, I did this was... this episode has took an interesting turn no no because there's there's some legal sort of quibbles about this because I had a yard sale um, to oh. get the money for it and there are actually some legalities about selling things like although yard sales and car boot sales are really common i think on a legal standpoint they're not always entirely Legit. legal but you're not so gonna like arrest you were, a kid. you were you were running a black market <laughs> in burnley to raise up the funds to buy the tiger sword yeah you know that's it and i remember like i had this i had this yard sale or uh like i sat so you couldn't get to our yard but at the mm. corner of my street there was like a little patch of grass so I took a, I took a blanket <laughs> to this little patch of grass. Don't laugh at me. I no, no, this is it's endearing. I took a blanket to this little patch of grass, and my mum helped me like bring all my old toys out that I didn't want anymore. And my mum like stood in the garden so she could see me, but I was like sat on my own on my blanket with all my toys, and like kids had come over and they'd buy stuff off me and that. And I I raised like, I think I raised like twenty five pound, and I was so upset nice. because I was like, you know, I was so close, but I didn't have enough. And my mum, like, she gave me the extra five pound, and I like, I ran to Argos. Like, I to this day, I remember that journey to Argos. I was so excited. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get the tigers out. <laughs> and, like, I went in, and, like, holding on my bag of money that I've like got from selling all my toys. Nice. That's a happy nice. memory. Do you still have the tiger sword? No, I don't. No, I think it. Uh, I think it got sold off when I was when I was older. Um, I loved it though. I played with it religious i like took it to primary school with me and stuff and like i i remember like you, you could put him on top of like the megazord as well i think yes. it, like that was its whole thing and my mate had the megazord i didn't have the megazord but uh I, my mate had the megazord and like i remember putting it on and we were just so excited we were like oh, my God, <laughs> it was like i love that man I, I missed like a lot of people are really like nostalgic about being kids you know like oh i wish mm. i'd go back and that for the most part i don't but that is one of the few things I'm like, if I could go back and recapture that moment, that would be like amazing. 
I I feel that kind of moment whenever like a new game I'm looking forward to or like a new uh, magic set or Warhammer <laughs> like release comes out. So. That's a big difference between me and you though. You still have that that youthful exuberance, you know, and that, oh, that yeah. ability to feel joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that got beaten out of you years ago. It did, yeah, I just don't 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 quite have that. <laughs> <laughs> that level of optimism anymore um, i'm trying to i'm trying to squeeze in a gag about doing uh, power rangers larping um <laughs> i'm struggling to to find the segue uh it was going to be like committing you to to try and to power rangers laughing and reporting back to us would you don would you don the spandex for reporting no. purposes? Not, not for the next few months at least. Not until I've, uh, I've, I've lost my COVID figure, um, mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, I have worn spandex uh, in public. Uh, okay. Once, uh, not for any kind of tissue. You don't need to elaborate. You, you, you don't need to elaborate. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to? <laughs> I think you want to. You might want to for your own sake. So I, uh, years and years ago. Uh, me and a couple of friends of mine went out as superheroes for Halloween. Um, so that's we... perfectly normal. Mm, maybe. Uh, so it was Halloween, right? It was Halloween, right? Yeah. So, so everyone's fancy dressed for Halloween. If, it if was, it, if right? <laughs> but <laughs> we were like, okay, well, let's get like decent costumes. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't just want like the the crappy Superman one you get off the rack where it's all like bulgy and, st- mm-hmm. and stuff. So. We went online and we found like a website that that delivers costumes. Mm-hmm. So we ordered these costumes. I think I still have this somewhere. Uh, we ordered these costumes and I went as Green Lantern. Now, for anyone who doesn't know Green Lantern, I, I assume you probably should because it's a, there's a Ryan Reynolds film that's terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. He has like a skin tight costume uh, in the comics. So we order it and it's latex. Now I'd never worn uh, like spandex latex whatever you want to call it uh, spandex not latex uh, that would be a very different costume uh yeah i yeah. never i never worn spandex so this turns up and it's like skin tight and i mean like figure hugging levels of tightness mm-hmm. and i like put this on and i'm like i can't wear this in public like this i'll get arrested if i wear this in public so was it was it wasn't leaving anything to the imagination nothing to the like oh, no. nothing. Oh. Every every crease and every crevice was every inch was, was unsure. <laughs> so eventually, I went out and I bought a uh, a rugby cup uh, to wear okay. on on my nether regions for more for everybody else's benefit than my own. Um, mm. So I, I I wore that and my friend bought a a jock strap, uh, which is still like. Still not entirely concealing when you've got spandex on over the top of it. So we went out on a, a night out. We went to like a club and that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've still got some pictures somewhere. It's, it was a weird night, man. And the thing was as well, because it was a full body suit. And I didn't even think about this until we went out. You couldn't go to the bathroom. You know, oh, like, yeah. Going to the bathroom was a was a whole thing. You know, it was it was getting undressed, basically, to, to go to the bathroom. Um so yeah, I, I've worn spandex once for that night out, and uh, and never again. <laughs> there we go. What a, what a way to sign off the episode. Tom has never worn spandex ever again. But if you'd like him to, no. like, comment, and no. subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Right, yo guys. Look, as always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.